Two weeks ago, I sat in on the, tw- the 10th and the 12th grade classes, religion classes at our school, and I had directed the students ahead of time to prepare questions for me on any topic of their choosing. And of course, I heard all the normal things. Why can't priests get married? Why do Catholics worship Mary? What did I think about the saints not going to the Super Bowl? But some of the questions particularly stood out to me because they underscored what is a serious issue in our culture today. One student asked, when the Christian martyrs face death because they would not deny God, why didn't they just pretend and say what the government wanted to hear? It's a question that is raised recently in film in the 2016 release of Silence, based on the novel by the same name by Shushaku Indo. The movie tells the story of two Portuguese priests, Jesuit priests, in the 17th century who traveled to Japan during a time of extreme Christian persecution. If you haven't seen the movie, I recommend it. Martyrdom is deeply woven in the fabric of Christianity. The first 300 years of the church's life in Rome was overshadowed by persecution of literally thousands of martyrdoms. There's also the classic stories, of course, such as St. Thomas More and his execution at the hand of King Henry VIII, the founder of the Church of England, or what we call the Anglican or the Episcopalian Church. What these stories have in common is a commitment to the truth, a commitment which is highly absent in today's world. It's not popular today to make claims, as the church does, that the Catholic Church is the one true church founded by Jesus Christ. People today are far more concerned with respecting people's private beliefs. Politicians act this way all the time by arguing that while they privately agree with some piece of legislation, they can't vote for it because it might restrict another person's private beliefs, abortion, the death penalty, etc. We try to take the easy way and fool ourselves into thinking it's possible for something to be true for us, but not for another. And so when faced with the question of why the martyrs, for example, didn't just play the fool and pretend to not be Christian in order to avoid death, we miss the entire reason they died to begin with. The martyrs died because they believed in truth. To pretend otherwise defeats the truth. Our Lord today warns us in the gospel to be wary of the people we are listening to. Not all people or all religions are the same. There is truth and there is error. There are trees that bear good fruit and there are trees that do not. With all important matters, but most especially with the faith, we have a responsibility to stay faithful to the truth and to discern the true and the false voices out there. If the Catholic Church claims that the Holy Eucharist is the true body and blood of our Lord, but the Methodist faith does not, it cannot be both. One is true, and the other is not. If the Catholic Church claims that baptism washes away original sin, but the Baptist faith says that it's a symbol of one's interior conversion, it cannot be both. One is true, and one is not. If the Catholic Church claims that our Lord gave authority over his church and the ministerial power of his priesthood to St. Peter and to his successors, 
But the Anglican and Episcopal faith claims that power lies in the monarch of England and its parliament and governing council. It cannot be both. One is true, and one is not. Catholics claim to be the custodians of the truth and the only authentic church founded by Jesus Christ. Now, in the eyes of the world, we are called bigots for this or unaccepting of others. But a thing is true or not. Religions are founded on beliefs. And I would like to think that people who claim to be members of a religion are members because they believe the teachings of that religion to be true. So I'm not a bigot. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic, and I wouldn't be if I didn't think Jesus Christ founded the church. And because I do think that Jesus Christ founded the church, I cannot possibly allow myself to be led by any other. So when I, for instance, visit my non-Catholic family, I don't ever consider it a valid option to go to their non-Catholic service with them on Sunday. Because either it's true or it's not. It's either what Jesus gave us until he comes again, or it's not. And if it's not, I don't see a point to it. Now, it's worth noting that no Protestant denomination claims to be the church that Jesus Christ founded. For one thing, because it would be incredibly difficult to do so. It would be incredibly difficult, for instance, for a Southern Baptist to tell me that Jesus Christ founded her church when I can drive to Augusta, Georgia, and visit the first Baptist church there and read the historic marker outside the church, which says that there in 1845, the Southern Baptist Church was founded. It would be incredibly difficult for an Episcopalian to claim that Jesus Christ founded his church when I can read through the proclamations of British Parliament and find the Actus of Primacy, where in 1534, King Henry VIII was declared to be the supreme head of the Church of England. Or a Lutheran, when I can read the 95 Thesis of Martin Luther, which he published on Halloween night, 1517. But I cannot find any such declaration or marker for the Catholic Church. I can only find the passage in Matthew 16 where it says, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. And I can go to Rome and see the many monuments to Peter's successors, and read the very early Christian documents which attest to the same, Because at the end of the day, something is either true or it is not. And if it is not, I do not wish to be part of it. It's not difficult to prove the historic truth of the Catholic Church. As soon-to-be saint John Henry Newman said, to be deep in history is to cease to be Protestant. J.R.R. Tolkien, in one of his letters, writes, I am convinced by the patrine claims, looking around the world, There doesn't seem to me much doubt which, if Christianity is true, is the true church. The temple of the Spirit dying but living, corrupt but holy, self-reforming and re-arising. Hiller Belloc writes, The Catholic Church is an institution I am bound to hold divine, but for unbelievers, a proof of its divinity might be found in the fact that no mere human institution... (coughs) conducted with such knavish imbecility, would have lasted a fortnight. What it really comes down to is if you believe the Catholic Church to be the church that Jesus founded, you accept her as she is, with all her beauty and with all her wounds. 
It's easy to look around the world and get frustrated at the church and walk away. (coughs) Or to find some other faith that has better air conditioning or fresher donuts on Sunday morning. A place where perhaps the preacher is more animated than I am. The choir more rehearsed. Perhaps there's more people there. But in the end, a thing is either true or it is not. And the burden is on us to make the claim. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. It seems like it would be a nice thing to say that all Christian groups today are really more or less the same, however you slice it. They just do things differently. But to think back to the garden, what was the enemy's claim to Eve? Did God say, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit which is in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten rotten tree bear good fruit. A thing is either true or it's not. It's the claim of some that before leaving this earthly life, Christ the Lord gave to his apostles a solemn promise. That his church would endure forever. That she would be the guardian of truth. That through her ministers, sins would be absolved. And Christ would be forever present in her through the sacrament of his body and blood. And here, in a world of amazing technology, when every manuscript and doctrine is at our fingertips, when we can travel the world in a day's time, here today, there is only one institution in the world which makes this claim. Because there's only one who can. The Catholic Church.